2 Samuel, chapter 12, verse 22 to 23. And he said, While the child was alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me, that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Called for Freedom podcast on this Monday morning. Now we're kind of we're we're continuing our study on David and Bathsheba. Now, David feels a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, uh, and he has to deal with the consequences for what he's done. And remember something, you know, and I thought about this after the after Friday's episode. You know, think about what David did. You know, not only did he, um, you know, back then they had multiple wives and David had a lot of concubines. So he was, you know, sleeping with his servants Um you know, and David, like a lot of men, struggle in this area. So he had an issue, you know, with lusting after women, right? And he took more wives than most most kings and, and stuff like that, and um, especially of Israel. And he stayed back from battle, which was something that he didn't do very often so it seemed like he had this already kind of pre-planned if you will um but it seemed like David was looking for something and he sees Bathsheba a beautiful woman bathing out there and she's married so he takes her he sleeps with her then on top of all that not only do they conceive a child and he has to figure that out. But now he also killed the woman's husband because he was being a coward and didn't want to face the consequences. Uh, he was afraid. And here's David, a mighty warrior, but yet something, some, something so dumb like this, well, it's not dumb, but something like this, he became so cowardice and so scared of what might happen. So the guilt, the shame, the consequences. Nathan rebukes him for this. We're going to get into this in this chapter. Let's get into it right now. Nathan rebukes David. And the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little eel lamb, which he had bought. And he brought it up, and grew up, and it grew up with him, 
with his children. It used to eat of his morsel and drink of his cup and lie in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guest who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, You are the man. Wow, can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine somebody saying that to you? Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul, and I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms, and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if this were too little, I would add to you as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord? to do what is evil in his sight. You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and have taken his wife to be your wife, and have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me, and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For you did this secret, you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Nevertheless, because by this deed you have utterly scorned the Lord, the child who is born to you shall die. Then Nathan went to his house. And the Lord afflicted the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and he became sick. David therefore sought God on behalf of the child. And David fasted and went went in and lay all night on the ground. And the elders of his house stood beside him to raise him from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. On the seventh day the child died. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spoke to him, and he did not listen to us. How then can we say to him, the child is dead? He may do himself some harm. But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, David understood that the child was dead. And David said to his servants, is the child dead? They said, he is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes 
And he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. He went into his own house. And when he asked, they set food before him, and he ate. Then his servants said to him, What is this thing that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. But when the child died, you arose and ate food. He said, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me, that the child may live. But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. Then David comforted his wife, Bathsheba, and went into her and lay with her, and she bore a son, and he called his name Solomon. And the Lord loved him and sent a message by Nathan the prophet. So he called his name Jedidiah because of the Lord. Now Joab fought against Rabbah and the Ammonites and took the royal city. And Joab sent messengers to David and said, I have fought against Rabbah. Moreover, I have taken the city of waters. Now then, gather the rest of the people together and encamp against the city and take it, lest I take the city and it be called by my name. So David gathered all the people together and went to Rabbah and fought against it and took it. And he took the crown of their king from his head. The weight of it was a talent of gold, and in it was a precious stone and it was placed on David's head. And he brought out the spoil of the city, a very great amount. And he brought out the people who were in it and said them to labor. With the saws and iron, picks and iron axes, and made them toil at the brick kilns. And thus he did not, he did to all the cities of the Ammonites. Then David and all the people returned to Jerusalem. Hmm. You know, I still, as I read the rest of that, I still think about what Nathan said to David and spoke the parable to him. And David was so angry and ready to attack and didn't even realize that Nathan was talking about him. Some commentary from Pastor Ed Ray. King David sinned, and rather than turn to the Lord and repent at his first sin, he tried to cover his tracks, which caused him to sin more and more. By the end, he had gotten a married woman, Bathsheba, pregnant, tried to trick her husband into thinking he was the father. And when that failed, had her husband killed in battle. As a result, God told David that the child he had with Bathsheba would not live. David spent seven days praying, fasting, mourning, and humbling himself before the Lord in the hopes that God might deliver his son from death. But God still said no, and the child died. 
we notice how David quietly accepted this discipline from the Lord. He got up, shaved, anointed himself, dressed, and worshipped God, and then ate. He had, he had repented and was again a man under submission, just as he had been in the days of Saul. He explained his seemingly disinterested behavior to his servants. Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. By faith in God's character, he relinquished his child to God and began to look to the future. David knew that he would be reunited with his infant son and that they would ultimately spend eternity together with the Lord. We do believe babies go to heaven, not because they deserve it, but because of God's grace. Which also, by the way, on the abortion issue, many people disagree, but you know, children are innocent. They haven't committed any sins. They're, they're, when an abortion is committed, they become rising angels. They go to heaven. Remember that. David's attitude reminds us of the true story of Horatio Spafford, the writer of the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. This hymn was written after three traumatic events in Spafford's life. The death of his only son in 1871, followed shortly by a great Chicago fire, which ruined him financially. And then in 1873, the death of his four daughters. Spafford had planned to travel to Europe with his family on the SS Valet du Harvey, but had spent but had to send them on ahead without him because he was delayed on business. While crossing the Atlantic, their ship collided with a sailing ship, the Loch Urn, and sank rapidly. All four of Spafford's daughters died. His wife, Anna, survived and sent him a telegram that read, Saved Alone. Shortly afterwards, Spafford traveled to meet his grieving wife. And as the ship passed near where his daughters had drowned, he felt a comfort that could only be from God. He was inspired to write these words. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well, with my soul. Lord, please bless our lives today so that we may be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen.